This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. And you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 191, episode 191 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you have a great weekend. Happy Halloween. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Branch Podcast. And as you know, I am part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like A Chance to Strive, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, Dirty Flirty and Surviving. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ. Music You're Missing. The Hobby, Be Fit, and so many other great podcasts, including a brand new one. Even though it's really not brand new, it's just shifting from one media company to another. My other podcast, the Wicked Fast Podcast, with my good friend Brian Bell, formerly from the 105.7 WROR Morning Show. Uh, we've been doing it for, oh God, six, seven years, almost 250 episodes. So if you're in a NASCAR, it will be on the Big Night Media platform very soon. And you can follow Big Night Media on Instagram at Big Night Media. And of course, Big Night has so many great places like The Grand and Memoir and Shrine and so many great restaurants. They also have Card Vault. Card Vault is a very cool sports card store down at Patriot Place and Foxwoods. Go check it out. And if you want to break live through the wonderful world of the internet, you can do it on Whatnot, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, weekdays, weeknights, in the morning, whatever the case may be. They're all over the place. Some great, affordable breaks for everyone. So go check it out. And you can always check out your Banner Banter podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab. Click Banner Banter and check out all the brand new merchandise I released a couple weeks ago. Support the brand. I would really appreciate it. Whew. Okay, now that that's all over and done with, let's talk about the Boston Celtics for episode 191 of the Banner Banter podcast. They are currently 4-2, third place in the Eastern Conference, and I believe they are also in first place in the Atlantic Division, but who cares about Atlantic Division titles? We only care about, oops, excuse me, uh, world championships. I don't know why I always burp during this podcast. I haven't burped all day, and the second I hit record, I'm like, burp, and start burping like there's no other. Anyways. This week, not the best week for the Boston Celtics. That's okay. They went 1-2 and two this week, uh, losing to the Chicago Bulls in Chi-Town on Monday night, 120-102. to Then they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers at TD Garden in overtime on Friday night. And then yesterday, nice little early evening Sunday game against the Washington Wizards. They easily beat them 112-94. to The Wizards were in their um, kind of Gilbert Arenas. Yeah, yeah, was he on part of that team? Yeah, Gilbert Arenas, Brandon Haywood, like that whole era of the Wizards. You know, they had a they had some pretty good teams back then uh, with Agent Zero, a.k.a. Gilbert Arenas, back in the day. Um, so they had those throwbacks on, which, you know, I'm a big fan of throwbacks, so I, I was cool with it. But uh, this week, Celtics have three games, and it's kind of like 
a repeat of last week, and I don't know how the NBA did that, but they play the Cavs in Cleveland instead of the Garden, and that will be on Wednesday at 7.30. Then they play the Bulls at the Garden instead of in Chicago, and that will be Friday at 7.30. And then they travel to New York to go play Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks at 7.30 p.m., so that'll be interesting. And just a reminder, the Cavs and the Bulls games will be on ESPN. Got it? Great. Cool. Now, last week, I talked about the defense needing to improve, and um, let's just say it hasn't. The Celtics still have a bottom 10 defense in the league based on defensive rating. Uh, They are currently at 116. Last year, they were at 106 when they ended the season. In last year, they gave up about 115 points or more 17 times. This year, they've given up 115 points or more in four out of their first six games. One of them being last night against Washington Wizards. So, you know, but in in some weird way, you, you could say, hey, going into this game, the Wizards had the best field goal percentage in the NBA. Uh, obviously, you know, a very small sample size, five or six games. They were at 49.1% and the Celtics held them to a 38% field goal percentage. So obviously definitely some improvement there. Why am I burping? What is wrong with me? I'm going to take a quick little Ascentia break here. Ascentia, if you're listening, please sponsor me. Okay, great. Um, But in all seriousness here, giving up that many points when you're this fired up and this focused, ready to go, really isn't ideal because all we heard all offseason is how Jason Tatum's fucking pissed that they lost and Jalen Brown's in the best shape of his life. And we go on and on with the different quotes that we heard or have heard. And it's just really not looking great defensively. Now, obviously, based on the eye test, you could easily say, okay, there's no shot blocking with Rob out there. And sure, and you you could also be fair and say, hey, last year, the first six out of seven games, they allowed 115 points or more. So you could be like, okay, well, four out of six versus six out of seven, I guess that's pretty good. But here's the issue, and this is where I'm a little concerned. If you take away Rob, two of your best defenders last year were Marcus Smart and Al Horford, right? Marcus Smart obviously won Defensive Player of the Year. And Al Horford and Marcus Smart, their defensive ratings so far this year are 121 plus, which is awful. I'll put it to you this way. Sam Hauser, I know it's a much smaller sample size. His defensive rating is at 108. And last year, Al and Marcus were at 103 and 105. It, it just seems like the perimeter guys are just getting blown by. Jalen, Marcus, Derek, uh, Malcolm, you, Peyton, you name it. They're just getting blown by because now players aren't afraid to take a risk and try and dribble by some of these very good defenders on the dribble because no Rob Williams there. And they're, they're really not afraid of Al Horford, which obviously sinks. You know, is it more of a scheme thing? Maybe. But the second Marcus Smart gets beat off the dribble, it's going to be impossible for everyone to do their job since he covers so much ground in so many different areas. And, you know, just a, a real quick side note, now that I'm talking about Marcus Smart, he was atrocious in the Cavs game on Friday night. One of the worst games he's played, like, in a while. He was a minus 26. Sam Hauser was a plus 23 in this game. And I know the plus minus stat is kind of stupid and it really doesn't make a lot of sense. But basically, Sam Hauser was 59 points better for the Celtics when he was on the floor than Marcus Smart was. I mean, Marcus Smart shot three of 15 from the field, two of nine from three. He had an awful pass at the end of the game, which was so stupid. It pissed off my cousin Connor as well. I'm glad he spoke up about it as well. He's only shooting 22% from three this year. And then I didn't. So, you know, obviously, Marcus can defend some very 
good players in the NBA. We went through that stat last week, you know, between Tyler Hero and James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and the list goes on and on. But right now, as a team, collectively, the Celtics aren't playing great defense. Now, sure, they showed some strides uh, against the Wizards, but it's the Wizards. It's not a team that I'm really concerned about. Can that defense improve against the Cavs on Wednesday or against the Knicks? Like, can they hold both of those teams to 106, 108 points. That's what I'm really interested in seeing because we can we can say the offense has been great. The offense has been like unbelievable. You know, the the ball movement's been great and sure at times the offense can get stagnant. It kind of gives you a little bit of nightmares of the Brad Stevens offense back in the day. But you you really can't be upset about how the offense is going. But unfortunately, I think you could make an argument that you're a little nervous on who's going to help Jalen and Jason. I mean, the Jays have been unbelievable because Marcus and Al really haven't helped out that much offensively as of yet. Malcolm Brogdon was phenomenal yesterday against the Wizards. He was like literally sensational. He was exactly what this team needed or needs going forward. It's exactly why Brad Stevens, as the vice president of basketball operations or president of basketball operations or general manager, whatever the hell his fucking title is, he made a great decision getting rid of, you know, Aaron Neesmith, Kelly Olenek, uh, not Kelly Olenek, uh, Daniel Tice. I'm very sorry, Daniel Tice. You're much better than Kelly Olenek. Um, sorry, I'm not a big fan of Kelly Olenek. Um, well, I know Kelly Olenek's the better player, but you, anyways, we're moving on. But, you know, for the Wizards to cut down the lead and continue to fight after the Celtics just went absolutely banana land from three-point land in the first half and cut the lead to, I don't know, about 12 halfway through the third quarter. And then Michael, uh, Michael, Malcolm Brogdon took the game over, scored nine straight points, led them on a 15 to six run. And that extended the lead back to 19, which was great. And this is everything you can want. He can drive, he can kick, he can get to the free throw line. Obviously his shots a little iffy, but he did make a couple big three pointers, one at the top of the key, one on the wing for a little bit. But right now, Malcolm Brogdon is playing better than Marcus Smart. Am I saying that? <laughs> You know, Malcolm Brogdon should start. No, absolutely not. I'm a fan of, right now, the Celtics are starting games very, very well. You saw that um, when they were up, what, 15, 16, 17 points on Monday night against the Cavs, and then they just lost the lead. It's not really how they start, you know, because Jalen Brown's always good in the first quarter. It's really that, like, third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, where they kind of, like, shit themselves. It's, It's almost like a repeat of last year and the year before that and it's it's very annoying and I'm getting kind of fucking sick of it but I like Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench and I'd rather have him finish games than start games but he he really doesn't need to start unless things get crazy with Derek White because Derek White has had some very good games this year it just sucks his last two haven't really been that great but I don't think it means you have to change everything that's going on because Malcolm Brogdon is very good I mean the bench was fantastic the bench has the best three-point percentage of any bench across the NBA. And that's a huge thanks to Sam Hauser. Sam Hauser has been playing very well lately. He's, his defense really and truly isn't that bad. Is it going to knock your socks off? No, but it's really not that bad. He can rebound the ball very well. And he's been lights out shooting. Hopefully I just didn't jinx him. But he's a quick catch-and-shoot guy. He he knows how to move he doesn't have to like stand in the corner like number 12 does. He can move without the ball, and I, and I think that's good. But there were multiple times all week last week where teams 
play defense by just ball watching Jalen and Jason. And the lane is wide open for someone to do a, a backdoor cut, just a quick little flash at the top of the key, and just don't stand there. Move without the ball. The Celtics' assist numbers are great this year, but you can't be playing this live or die by the three every night. Have someone cut, and if they close down on you and everyone traps, kick it out, swing the ball around. The ball movement is there. The Celtics have got a lot of good open three-point shot opportunities this year because of the ball movement, and I can't even imagine what it would be if someone started cutting to the hoop randomly because Jason's vision has improved. Jalen's had some pretty good assist numbers this year. You know Marcus Smart will at least do his best to try and find you. Malcolm Brogdon will find you. Derek White's not a bad passer. We know Al Horford's a good passer. So Jason Jason and Jalen can't be playing 37, 38 minutes a night like they're averaging right now. They need other people to step up. And it can be a committee thing. You know, the Wizards game, it was Brogdon. Maybe Wednesday, it will be Derek White. You know, maybe Friday, it will be Al Horford. But these dudes need to play a lot, but also they can't be playing like, I think both of them played 42 or 43 minutes against the Cavs. I know the game went into overtime, but that's ridiculous that we we need them fresh and ready to go. And I know they're in their primes and I know they're in the best shapes of their lives, but I would really intrude like Tatum, I believe last night only played 27 minutes or maybe 28. That's beautiful. Like if you can beat these teams that you're supposed to beat, like the Knicks and the Bulls, you know, the Cavs are, folks, the Cavs are really good. The Cavs are going to be a problem for a lot of teams in this league. They took a big risk on Donovan Mitchell. They gave up a lot, and they have a bright future with a young squad. So you want them to be fresh against the Cavs come playoff time or these big games. Because this game on Wednesday is very, very important. Because this, I I think they play the Cavs two other times. I don't know off the top of my head, and I'd have to look at the schedule real quick, but I don't have the schedule in front of me. But if you win, if you lose this game, the Cavs could own the tiebreaker over you, and that ain't a good look. And I know I'm already talking about tiebreakers, which shows that I'm just an absolute psychopath, and I appreciate the compliment where you're just like, dude, it's not even November yet. Relax. Yeah, but though these type of games matter. I think they only play them one other time. Let's see. Do they only? No. So they play each other two times. So you got to split this because you can't go down three three out against this team. They don't play each other again until uh, the first week of March. But yeah. Anyways. So that's that. Who's going to help the Jays? Is the defense going to improve? Took a huge step last night. Malcolm Brogdon with his first twenty point game as well. Also happened last night, which is great. But with that being said, we still got to talk about some other things. So it is now time for stud and dud of the week hit the music and now it is time for the celtics stud and the celtics dud of the week okay episode 191 of the banner banter podcast your stud and dud of the week the stud with an s this week the studs it's going to be jalen brown and jason tatum i mean who else could it be i mean yes it probably could be malcolm brogdon but what i mean what do you want me to say about the chase 
uh, what you want me to say that they've combined for on average 56 points per game this year and putting teams in tough positions because they don't know who to double. I mean, Tatum started off the game very hot with the against the Cavs, then Jalen picked it up in the second, and then Tatum was really good in the third, and then Jalen did his part in the fourth because Tatum, I don't think, scored or at least hit a field goal in the fourth quarter, which was annoying. And they are playing well with each other right now and that is huge going forward am i a little pissed at jalen brown for missing that free throw after he dunked on donovan mitchell hell yeah i am but then he backed it up today with a double double jalen brown on the boards today was absolutely fantastic jason tatum is shooting over 40 percent from three this year which you obviously love to see because he started off the year uh what do you do two of nine or two of seven or four of what did he do the first uh, Sorry, I'm having a brain fart. He shot terribly against the 76ers, didn't he? And then he had like the same stat line against the Heat. But ever since the Heat game, he's been lights out three-point-wise. I'm not going to look it up. You really don't care that much. But he's been great shooting the three-ball. Jalen's been stepping up on the boards, which is something that I asked for. So if these guys can continue to play together make it absolute hell for other teams defensively, and then when they're each out there with the bench dominating one by one, I love it. I absolutely love it, and they were fantastic this week. Uh, Obviously, a big reason why they beat the Wizards, and unfortunately, you know, Jalen didn't really have a great game um, against the Bulls on Monday. I think it was like 8-23 or something like that. Um, So that's really not ideal, but overall, it's... I mean, the best players last week were the Jays, without a shadow of a doubt. And now the dud of the week. The dud of the week is number 12. Folks, go ahead and eye roll away, but I have some things to say. I think I just rhymed, and I didn't even know it. I guess I'm a poet. huh? But listen, let's talk about Monday night. Number 12 gets tossed. He deserved to get tossed, and he deserved to get suspended. He got up and bumped into an official whether it was a mistake or not and if you think it was a mistake you're ridiculous he absolutely did that on purpose and oh Timmy G you're just saying that because you don't like number 12 to begin with he literally could have waited like an adult and then got up he hit that rep or bumped into that referee on purpose he acted like he was a four-year-old rules are the rules you bump into an official you're suspended I get it Before that, he was a fucking minus 26 in 18 minutes versus the Bulls. And I am not blaming him for Andre Drummond and Nikola Vujicic for getting a combined 35 rebounds between the two players where where the entire Celtics team had 45 on Monday night, which is a joke. But he needs to be better on the boards this season. In the last two games, he's gotten a total of six rebounds. Sam Hauser against the Wizards last night got five. In one night. Now listen. Number 12 is hitting his shots. Congrats on the sex. And with that you know, with that being said. He made a couple very nice passes against the Wizards. To Malcolm Brogdon. When Malcolm Brogdon scored his nine points in a row. So again. Props there. But in a professional setting. He called a woman. A bitch. Multiple times. Let me say that again. Grant Williams. Because he got up and bumped into a female official who then tossed him. He then called a bitch twice. Seems someone that I really don't want to cheer for. Then on Friday night at the garden during a timeout, he jumps on the jumbotron and tells everyone that the most overrated food is pizza. 
Go fuck yourself. Are you fucking kidding me? That's ridiculous. And then before the Wizards game, he dresses up as Batman? What human being gives themselves a nickname, then a year later, when no one even thinks about that nickname anymore, you show up in that costume? Think about that. Think about this for a second. Think about you giving yourself a nickname, and then like 12 to 14 months after it happens, or even less than that, you just show up as your nickname that you gave yourself. What is that? I don't get it. Now, listen, you're saying, oh, Timmy G, come on. He was having fun. Nah. No, no. Like, he literally talked like Batman after the game. He's like, oh, well, you know, we care about each other and we're the team. And you could literally hear Jason Tatum in the background going, what the fuck are you doing? It's it's ridiculous. <sighs> Number 12 thinks he's so much better than he is. And I'm really starting to get sick of it. I want, listen, I don't want to call number 12, number 12. I would like to call him by his name. I think he can be a very good player in this league. I, if, if all the hype's behind him, I just want it to be there. But he has to stop talking to the refs. It's immature. Tatum can talk to the refs. Jalen Brown can talk to the ref. Marcus, Al, they all have been in the league. They all deserve it. Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, they get it. But I promise you, no official is going to give an undersized big man coming off the bench any benefit of the doubt, ever. And now Grant Williams, that's right, I just said his name, now number 12, a.k.a. Grant Williams, has a target on his back from NBA officials because he bumped into them and called a female referee a bitch multiple times. But against the Wizards, he went, what, four of six and scored like 10 points? And there and there are a couple important baskets. So if he can get his head on straight and continue to play well and maybe get some additional rebounds, he's going to get all the money that he deserves and could be with this team for a long time, as much as I hate that. But anyways, let's do a quick preview of the upcoming week uh, against the Cavs, the Bulls, and the Knicks. You know, the Cavs game is pretty simple. The defense has to realize the Cavs are an iso ball type of team. You saw that on Friday with their lack of assists. I think they only got 16 or 17 assists. Or might it might have even been 18. But it was get the ball to one guy, iso, 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 and it worked out for him. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, if he's going to drop 41 again against you, fine, whatever, I'll deal with that. But Carrius Levert, who is good, who I mentioned might go off last week in this game, which he did, cannot go off for 41 points. Carrius Levert went to the free throw line 12 times. That can't happen. The Celtics have to be more physical with him outside of the three-point line lane. When he gets the ball, they got to be physical and get right up in his grill right away. Play some bully ball defense. And listen, they did a fine job rebounding the ball. They really did. You know, number 12 wasn't there. Who can be a physical, you know, who can be physical and can make Jared Ireland or Evan Mobley or Kevin Love a little uncomfortable, for sure. But if they get a lead on the road, They have to keep the pedal to the metal because like being up 13 that they were last Friday at home and then that game goes into OT, that's completely unacceptable. And then the Bulls game on Friday, I mean, I'm not even going to waste anyone's time with this. Fucking rebound the ball. That's it. The Bulls had 60 fucking rebounds. 60 rebounds the other night. And listen, I'm cool with them getting 46 points in the paint. Celtics don't have a lot of size. They can't get more than 
10 or 12 second chance points. They got 16 second chance points on Monday night. Just box out and get, get a rebound. And don't be minus 26, number 12. And I'm sure Jalen Brown will shoot better than 8 of 23. And then the Knicks game on Saturday, second night of a back-to-back, which means you may not see Al Horford. I don't think Al Horford's going to be playing in a lot of back-to-backs this year. I don't blame him. The Knicks are 3-3. Three and three. They have a loss to the Grizzlies, the Bucks, and the Cavs. I think they've beaten like the Pistons, the Hornets, and the Magic. And listen, the addition of Jalen Brunson, you know, signed in free agency, used to play for the Mavericks, played for Villanova, won a couple of national championships, or at least one. Them getting a true point guard is great. He's dishing out seven assists a game. But Julius Randle, I feel like, is finally getting back to his old ways. Not last year because he wasn't that great, but the year before that. Uh, He's averaging 19 points, nine rebounds a game. And he is someone that number 12 and Al Horford are going to have to slow down. You might even see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on Julius Randle's at times. I mean, Marcus Smart was uh, covering uh, Porzingis in the Wizards game, so you might even see Marcus Smart on Julius Randle as well. But, of course, they have R.J. Barrett. I think the Jays can lock him up. Obviously, we remember last year at Madison Square Garden where R.J. Barrett hit that game-winning buzzer shot and everyone thought the season was over, but then the energy shifted and everything was crazy after that. But for the love of God, if the Boston Celtics are listening to this, Please don't let Evan Fournier go off on us again, please. I I, I I don't know if I can deal with that this early in the season. I would really appreciate it. And then the other thing is, um, real quick, Mitchell Robinson, he is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. The Celtics have to keep an eye on him and keep a body on him at all time. He will find a way to get the rebound and kick it out to a Fournier or a Brunson or an R.J. Barrett or um an Obi Toppin whoever's out on the floor if he gets an off- offensive rebound he can create things after he gets those offensive rebounds but uh hopefully the Celtics I'm 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 going to predict a 2 and 1 week uh against the Celtics I think they'll they'll beat the Cavs they'll beat the Bulls but they'll lose to the Knicks in the second night of a back to back which sucks cuz I hate the Knicks but uh yeah that's it for episode 191 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. You can always find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. What else? You can go to BigNightShop.com, click the Big Night Media tab, buy yourself some Banner Banter Podcast merchandise, and don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, all that good stuff. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. So I appreciate everyone's support as always, and we'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.